Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast, where we even have book recs for extraterrestrial life. I'm Susan. I'm Tara. And I'm Meredith. Hello, ladies. Hello, <laughs> Susan. Yay. <laughs> How is everybody this fine weekend? Oh, gosh. No. Good. Hanging in there. Hanging in there, mm-hmm. you know, um, coming up ways to entertain ourselves <laughs> as we stretch into forever mm-hmm. of this. But but doing okay, doing well. Can't complain, honestly. I'm oh, good. I'm glad. I know finding stuff to do is hard. And I keep telling everybody, come on over. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure everyone's taking you up on that. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe like, everybody. We'll see you <laughs> later this year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> How are you doing, Meredith? I mean, pretty good, I guess, you know, considering the circumstances. Uh, I've found out that my husband really enjoys jigsaw puzzles. Woo! Like, it's something I don't even think he knew. Mm-hmm. And uh, we picked up a few and we've been having a good time with that. And I've still been able to attend a bunch of virtual author events during this pandemic, uh, including one for Emily St. John Mandel for her new book, The Glass Hotel, and for Neil Gaiman and N.K. Jemison that had a talk. Uh, she has a new book out for a new series. Uh, the first book is called The City We Became. So that one sounds super interesting. And for like the past month or so, Victoria Schwab has been doing a weekly Instagram live with other authors that she's calling No Right Way, W-R-I-T-E, haha. <laughs> Cute. So I've been tuning into those, and her last author guest was Pierce Brown, author of the Red Rising series, so you know I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, and I also saw that Book Expo and BookCon are going virtual this year through their Facebook pages, so that'll be at the end of May, and I'm sure that'll have a ton of content. So I guess if you have a Facebook, look into it. (laughs) Yeah, it's like maybe it's an actual book event I can go to. Oh, so true. I bet they have more more people than they normally would have. Yeah, because I couldn't travel physically. You know, that's a lot Mm -hmm. harder. and, And this time I could just be like, hey, I got this event all day. You have the girls. Like, yeah. it's so much. And <laughs> right. I can take breaks and, like, you know, still join them for meals or something, you know? So. Exactly. Yeah, that's I know really cool. at least at least one of the local book uh, bookstores in my area has been like, you know what? I think we're going to start, you know, incorporating these virtual events anyway because, you know, you have people with disabilities that maybe can't get out easily. You have, you know, parents who can't, like, just find a babysitter all the time to go Mm. to hear a a book talk. So I don't know, maybe it'll kind of help change the reading landscape. Reading landscape. I mean, I think that's the new norm, period. So my job is kind of in events, tangential. Mm -hmm. Um, And no, that's our plan. We don't think the virtual thing is ever going to go away. Even when we go back to live events, we're going to, if if at all possible, keep doing virtual events on top of that. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's going to be really, honestly, the new normal. Mm-hmm. And I'm good with it. You know, I think it's mm-hmm. it's it's cool to have that option, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. While we're far apart, we can still be together virtually. Right. <laughs> there's, just, 
there's this children's singer that I really like, um, Emily Arrow, and she has a little ditty. I'm at home. You're at home. We're all at home together. And like, I think that's like the most lovely thing. Um, But I mean, even for kids stuff, like, I mean, it's been out there, but now it's like really out there. Like there are so many virtual story times for them to listen to. And there are a lot of like lessons and things. And these were pertaining to more homeschool kids. But now it's like now we can use them, you know, and like add that Mm -hmm. on to extra stuff that the teachers are teaching. Like I think I always thought it was a great tool. I always thought doing things virtually just made more sense. It saves you a ton of money. You can possibly reach a bigger crowd. It's like. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Come on. Um, And actually, I forgot there was another event that I attended on my birthday because I took off from work. Mm. So normally I wouldn't have been able to attend it because it was like 3 p.m., my time and yeah, it was like yeah. noon noon uh west coast so i guess it was kind of like a lunchtime event but it was charlie jane anders victoria schwab and another author whose name i'm forgetting but uh they raised like three thousand dollars for bay area bookstores by just having like a donation option for joining the event that's cool you know yeah. so it's nice i think yeah. it's good and I think we already have a leg up on people because we've already been doing our book club virtually for I know. You know, years, <laughs> years and years. <laughs> and obviously we have this podcast that can be a virtual book club for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what are you ladies currently reading? Uh, I'm trying to finish up Lainey Taylor's uh, series. So I'm on Dreams of Gods and Monsters. Um, so that's nice. It, the second book was a little slow, but it's really ramping up for this last book. So I'm excited. Um, the romance part, I'm still not a huge fan of, but you know, it's part of the story, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it just, you have to it go just, with it, right? <laughs> I feel like it just, sometimes if you, it just slows everything down and I'm just like, can we just get on with the more interesting part? That's me though. <laughs> Um, and I'm also reading uh, Frankly in Love by David Yoon. And this one I'm really liking. Um, it's YA romance about this kid and his friend. They both have non-Korean boyfriend, girlfriends. And so to be acceptable to their parents, they're saying that they're dating each other. Oh, so, wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's it's really good. I think... I mean, a huge reason is because it totally speaks to me as a Korean American and like all the thoughts he has, all like the issues he has was like totally me through high school. And I was just like, oh, my God, (laughs) this is amazing. Um, That's cool, though. That's cool that you can kind of see that represented in a book. mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it's I mean, it's huge. Like Korean, there are a lot of Korean Americans and um other ethnicity Americans and it's just like a thing we have to deal with because these parents come to America to give us a good life but yet they want to like really hold fast their traditions and cultures and it's like yeah you you can't really do that like I mean moving around we always moved around to communities that were mostly Korean so like my parents didn't really have to learn like super good English, you know? <laughs> mm. um, it's a hard balance. Yeah. yeah. I had a guy who told me, um, he it was a church thing. So like, I kind of trusted him, but I had to get home and I was trying to give him directions. 
And by the end, he was like, oh, next time, what, learn more Korean so you can give me specific directions. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm in America. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's tough. So is it written as that that they are first generation Americans? Yeah, so Frank, yep, the kids are first-generation, fully American, and they're kind of struggling with, like, trying to please their parents and doing these, like, Korean things and only dating Korean people. But at the same time, like, Mm -hmm. they want to do what American kids do, you know? Yeah. No, it sounds really really interesting. And I'm, like, 90% positive I have an advanced reader copy of this from Y'all Fest. Maybe? 90% 90% positive, but it also <laughs> might have been one of the ones I wanted and missed. It just sounds mm-hmm. wildly familiar. Mm-hmm. It it has that really gorgeous green cover, right? Where it looks like it's cut out. Uh, kind Yes, it's like blue, like rich blues and yellow. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The, and it's like a heart and it like cuts down. Uh, gosh, I can't I remember that part. I think the lettering might be in green. Yeah. Maybe. And the the thing that stood out to me was that the edging of the book is blue. Oh, oh. Cool. yeah, like it's just blue. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that that's like the first thing that caught my eye. Sprayed so. edges in mm-hmm. a normal version, mm-hmm. sexy. Usually <laughs> yeah. that's res- that. Usually that's reserved for like owl crate or yeah <laughs> or a luma crate or one of those people <laughs> are willing to pay more for it, right? Um. Nice, though. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're getting fancier with books now. Yeah. Or, I mean, I guess, you know, we'll, actually, we'll see with, with books being produced right now. That might change again. But at least oh, they've true. been trying to get fancier. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Definitely. So I actually read a book from my TBR, you know, other than the book we're reading for this month, which we'll talk about um, in our next podcast, which is an absolutely remarkable thing. Um, I also ended up reading. Uh, Vicious nice. by B.E. Schwab. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely going to read the follow-up. But I have, like, so many mixed feelings about these people. <laughs> I mean, I think you're supposed to. I think you're sure. supposed to. They're, like, yeah. anti-heroes to, a, you know, to an nth degree. But, oh, my God, man. Did I hate... Eli and Serena. Oh, like, sure. The other people weren't that great either, but like I hated these two people so much that I was like, well, everyone is better than you. So I know exactly who my side is for. But it, it was interesting to me. I really liked the fake out in that book. And I won't say too much about it in case people hadn't read it, but I really like how the beginning starts and you really honestly make an assumption based on that first scene that is totally false. And I enjoy that. I was like, this, that was great job. Yeah. Great job. Cause I well, definitely thought I knew what was happening in that scene. And now I, and I was very wrong. Cause I know Schwab has said with that series that she wanted to explore the fact that if you gave people superpowers, it doesn't make them a superhero. Mm-hmm. It just makes them a person with superpowers. And right. so and that's, that's <laughs> very true. Um, and I enjoy the way people become EOs, which is like extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary. Just yeah. Answer, yeah. Extraordinary. Yeah. I like. I, I, I enjoyed the mythology. I thought it was like an interesting 
take on mutants. Like you need something to trigger it. So let's let's make it even more extreme than puberty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so I, I, I liked that. And of course it's too stupid too smart for themselves college guys who like actually try to make themselves into EOs, which just tracks real hard. Um, so, <laughs> no offense if you are a college guy listening to this, <laughs> but it just tracks real hard. Um, I, yeah, uh, in general, I, I liked it. Um, I'll read the second one. I don't know when, but I was glad to uh, get through it. I was glad to get through any book right now. Books yeah. are hard. Yay. <laughs> so, so, yay, me. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that. Schwab likes to do her long cons. So in the second book, you get a lot of background on Eli and kind of why he is the way he is. So I don't know if it it makes it that I liked him by the second book, but you'll end up understanding him a bit more. I mean, there's definitely hints as to a dark past with this (laughs) character, right? Right. There's scars that don't heal and... I'm sure psychological damage that has messed this kid up for like forever. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't go into it too hard in the first book, but no, I, I, I see it coming. I'm there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't think it's, it means you're going to be rooting for him, but you can at I, least I be like, it. hmm, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are you reading, Mary? So right now I'm reading two books. I am reading Spin the Dawn by Elizabeth Lim which is pitched as Project Runway meets Mulan. And it's really interesting. It's uh, You have a, a tailor who is in bad health. A couple of his sons have died in the war. The other one has come home but is badly injured. And the emperor is looking for a new imperial tailor and is having a competition. Requires that one of them comes from their family to compete. And so the daughter disguises herself as her brother to compete for the family. (laughs) And so she's having to hide that she's a girl, and there's also magic and court politics and sewing competitions. (laughs) So it's really, it's fun so far. Maybe like a third of the way through. And then on audiobook, because pretty much my my pandemic reads have been like rom-com audiobooks because I'm having a hard time focusing on print books right now. Sure. So the one that I'm reading right now is called The Worst Best Man by Mia Sosa. And uh, it's about a wedding planner who's having to work with her ex-fiance's younger brother on a project that could land her a gig at like a prestigious boutique, a Washington, D.C. hotel as their wedding coordinator. So and of course, sparks are flying between her and the ex-fiance's brother who was the best man in their wedding. And apparently they got drunk the night before the wedding. And he doesn't remember what he said to his brother, but had a text message the next morning saying, man, you really opened my eyes. You know, I'm not going to get married today. You know, thanks. (laughs) Like, can you go tell my fiance I'm not going to marry her today? So, (laughs) so, you know, and and a few years have passed. So they're trying to kind of work together. And I I personally don't really see how this is all going to, end up okay because how messy is that like how can you really be in a serious relationship with your ex-fiance's brother like yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and and they they recognize that too so they're trying to like keep it casual but 
is that going to work? <laughs> we'll see. Say, it wouldn't be a romance if it was just casual. <laughs> right? I mean, and that's the thing. Romances are supposed to have happy endings. Mm-hmm. So, or a happy for now, mm-hmm. right? So maybe this will be one of those happy for now. Let's just not right. actually think about the future. Yep. <laughs> just wash that part away. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, you know. But yeah. Yep. But uh, it's set in Washington, D.C., so that's cool because, you know, they'll be like, oh, I'm going here or there. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're in Columbia Heights or they're driving down Rock Creek Parkway. (laughs) You know, like it's always fun when it's a place that you're Mm. familiar with. Yeah, true. And then along the vein of rom-coms, since I wasn't on last month, I just want to do a quick shout out for The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. If you're looking for a workplace enemies to lover storyline, great one. (laughs) Really enjoyed that. And now I can also join the bandwagon with Tara of Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. It's so great. <laughs> so good. That is So if you need some TR. like lighter, fun stuff, check those out. <laughs> yeah, that's... And a quick read. Like, I don't mind dense reads, but because like with everything going on, it's like, I just want to get through a page quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I just... not Not to just like... Down, downgraded or anything. It's just like I want something fun and fast paced. So, mm-hmm. right. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> so, as Tara mentioned, right now we're reading what is it? An absolutely extraordinary thing. Remarkable. 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 I think the absolutely comes in the second book. Anyway, <laughs> they're long titles. Um, but kind of in that vein, don't want to give too much away, but it got us thinking about. <laughs> extraterrestrial life and we were just thinking we were having a little conversation and decided let's talk about it on the podcast if you had to curate a reading list for extraterrestrial life to introduce them to humanity what books would you choose and why these are the kind Um, of deep weird thoughts we actually send to each other it's such a great question like it's like yes i am in this <laughs> right i mean you really had to think about it mm-hmm. and and so i think you know we can all kind of agree like that major world religious texts and like accounts of major historical events like stuff like that would like be included if this was a thing that was actually happening uh but for our discussion i thought it would be more fun just to stick to literature and then also as a caveat we we certainly can't encompass the entire world's experience <laughs> and we're all Americans on this podcast so i'm sure we're missing a ton of fantastic and relevant books from across the globe so for sure these are just some ideas we're having come up with your own list too let us know what you think especially if it's from a different country like if there are translations for them it's like hmm mm. maybe it's something we should check out yeah, definitely. No. So who wants to start? Mm. <laughs> you My list there, is Tara? shorter than all of yours, so I'm going to go in the middle. <laughs> you two have much longer lists. But you have a really so. good list. Like, Yeah. <laughs> it gets uh, a good all list. right, so I immediately started giving myself parameters. I was like, okay, it can't be a thousand... <laughs> books long because that's right. too easy i that's yeah. just an info dump and it and then i was like okay well then let me let me really like figure out why i'm sending them a list mm-hmm. and i think what i came down with is i am sending them a list of books that i think are important for them to understand 
how different areas of humanity act and think and what their values are. Mm, so um, I picked, I actually only have, I think, four things. I mean, the fourth is a cheat, but (laughs) (laughs) I have have four things. Um, The first one I picked was Pride and Prejudice. Because I think Pride and Prejudice shows a lot of different aspects of humanity um, a lot of, and, and, and the way I think a lot of quote unquote normal people act for the most part, um, except of course, Lizzie, who's phenomenal in every way, but we have our Lizzie's in this world too. Um, so we have Pride and Prejudice. And then I picked Harry Potter because I think, I don't think there's another book that has shaped an entire generation as much as that series has. And while I would definitely Mm -hmm. write a note with a caveat that says, no, we are not magicians. (laughs) We do not have magic. None of the things they do in this or the creatures you meet for the most part are real. (laughs) Um, I would put that, you know, this is a work of fiction, but what I think it has done is it shaped our generation to be more kind and more heroic in general. And that is why I've included it in here. And then I also included Anne Rand's Atlas Shrugged. I don't, I'm not a Randian or whatever they call themselves. And if you're on here, I'm sorry. And I don't like Anne Rand. Um, But her viewpoint is held by a lot of people, not by me, but by a lot of people. And I think, especially for any, extraterrestrial life that may come down. I think the idea of self first is something they should be aware is a very, very real concept in mm. our world. Yeah. Um, for sure. okay. so Interesting. I was wondering where you were going book. with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's more of a warning book. Like, Hey, mm. these people are out there. <laughs> like, I want you to know that before you do anything else. Right. Know that the, like this, this mindset is, you know, that it's a good chunk of the population. And then I picked a collection of poetry that I felt, um, and I just listed a few here because I, one, I didn't have time to like sit through all my poetry books and like pick everything I thought would be great. Sure. I just picked the four that came immediately to mind um, to discuss really the human experience and the human struggle with morality and dreams and life in general. So I picked Hal by Ginsburg, Harlem um, by Langston Hughes, To Autumn from Keats, and uh, Ship of Death by D.H. Lawrence. You had to get a Lawrence in there somewhere. <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> and, like, and who Tara, am I if I didn't put two There's Lawrence. an anthology what? out there that has all your poetry in one collection. <laughs> I, I, I know I have this anthology. There's an anthology that has just all the poetry you want them to read in like one big gigantic book. <laughs> the thing is like, I don't want them to read all the poetry there ever was. I want them to read specific ones. So if this oh, yeah, was sure. really like a real thing and I was task forced by the president to come up with a uh, list of things for extraterrestrial life, I would sit down more with specific poetry books and pick more things out. But uh, I would definitely include these yeah. four. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a great it's, list. <laughs> it is. Very I meaningful. So. 
And I yeah. think it's nice to add poetry in there too. Mm-hmm. It's it's wildly American and European though, and for yeah. that I am so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. I thought about putting a couple of books I really loved for my world lit days and and from the books I've read since, but um I really I didn't know what their actual impact was. I sure. just knew mm-hmm. I liked them. Um so I didn't fe- I I didn't feel like comfortable doing that um yeah that was- i think this is one of those things that'd be like a global effort be like okay oh, yeah definitely um, every every specialist in lit gets like three books yeah definitely. Like that, you know yeah i mean that's the hard thing about this question though it's like are we picking it because we love it or are we picking mm-hmm. it because of some other bigger yeah thing? no i hate atlas shrug so like I, yeah. I, I mean i read the book <laughs> I, yep. I don't love it yeah uh, but it makes sense like yeah. To try to be a little well, broader. and I think that's interesting that you were able to kind of look past just what you like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's true. There's there are viewpoints out there that do not align with ours. Oh, <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. It came down to what am I trying to communicate? And I think what I'm trying to communicate is this is who you're going to be interacting with. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is the t- this is this is the type of uh, society we are. Yep. Um, you should know this before you decide to chat us up yeah <laughs> yeah slide into our dms or anything <laughs> yep. so for me I, I i was going maybe for like a more just kind of like overall i don't know what the right word i'm looking for but like kind of a broader view of things well i'll put it that way so first shakespeare obviously i love shakespeare but i think it's interesting that after what like 400 odd years or whatever that it's still relevant. Like we're still performing these plays. A lot of our languages form from that. And granted, you know, another species out there might think that like 400 years is just like a little blip in their timeline. But for us, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think it'd be interesting to give that to them. And then there's also that performance aspect, like whether or not they're familiar with plays uh, would be interesting to see. Uh, Another one is Frankenstein, which is considered the first science fiction novel. And it's pretty, it's paved the way for sci-fi. Um, and it's also interesting that it was written by 18-year-old Mary Shelley while on vacation. <laughs> like, she was just kind of, like, playing around with it. And so, you know, it shows this, like, twisted creation of life, the consequences of playing God. Um, it has a framework for a narrative that explores morality and ethics, science and technology. Like, is this monster human? What makes a human human? And we also have to make sure that the aliens know that Frankenstein is not the monster's name. Like, we need to get that set. (laughs) Important to note, the monster is the monster. The doctor is Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Please stop messing. Okay. (laughs) Right. So, like, we just need to get that, like, right off the bat, right? (laughs) Frankenstein is the doctor. Whatever you may hear from other humans, know this. (laughs) So, so interesting choice with Mary Shelley. Um, I, I... I, I think of Frankenstein much like I think of how I feel when I look at a Picasso, which is that it's fine, but it's not my thi- like. I think everything that came after it was better. Like mm-hmm. I get that you were important. Like I look at you, I recognize you were important. I recognize your importance to the lit slash art world, but in general, eh, 
<laughs> well that's um, what i mean yeah. like when i was saying it's like more like an overarching thing like it's the yeah. first sci-fi oh that's like true. it paved the way mm-hmm. just like my next one lord of the rings has yeah. paved the way for our fantasy literary landscape that we have today uh so whether or not there's better fantasies out there I think right. it could be argued, but like I mean, it's one of those like of, foundational things. Sure, without Lord of the Rings, um, I wouldn't have Dungeons and Dragons, and <laughs> yeah, that's important to me. Important yeah, to me. <laughs> and Lord of the Rings is so, important to me too. I know it is, and and I think a lot of people do enjoy it, but there's people out there that hate it too. <laughs> sure. So I think it shows a human's capability for imagination. Uh, you know, Tolkien wrote a whole language <laughs> for you know these. People. Um, and you know, it's you know, it's one of those classic stories of good over overcoming evil. Um, and then they'll get to meet Samwise Gamgee, who is like the best friend <laughs> of all. Yes, and the yeah. best in all the books. The best. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then kind of on a more serious note, these next few all kind of go together. But as an American, I think I I'd want to address the history of slavery and oppression. Um, with African Americans and Native Americans, and more than just like the historical context that they would, of course, get from some sort of history book. Um, so this first one is Homegoing by Yaj Yesi, which is a generational novel that follows the children of two half sisters from Ghana, one who is sold into slavery and the other who is married to a white slave trader. And it goes over the course of 300 years. So the descendants in Ghana deal with centuries of warfare between nations while dealing with the slave trade and British colonization. And then the other descendants, uh, we see them during slavery and then after, uh, during the Great Migration, the Harlem Renaissance, and then up to present day. And so we, we, we don't know if slavery would be a foreign concept to extraterrestrial life. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but this book is like surprisingly short. It's like a little over 300 pages, but it packs so much into it. And um, I think it, it would be interesting to show those different aspects of the American and Ghana lives during this time with a more personal feel. And then I would also recommend the March series by John Lewis that we read a few months ago on the book club. Uh, that is a memoir of his experiences during the civil rights movement. And it's also a graphic novel format, which would be cool to show them. So, like, we're trying to show them all the different formats of literature with this, right? <laughs> and then The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas would, would kind of go with the current situation that Africans Americans are dealing with, with police brutality, um, just kind of what's happening right now in, in America. And then... For Native Americans, I haven't read a lot by Native American authors. I'd like to to work on that. But one that's really stood out to me is There, There by Tommy Orange. And that one explores the lives of 12 Native Americans in present-day Oakland, California. And it asks the question, what does it mean to be an urban Indian? And it shows that not one single identity or experience can encompass all of Native Americans. And it really, it was a very powerful book. Um, I read it last year and I still think about it a lot. Um, and yeah, Harry Potter, because <laughs> duh. Uh, <laughs> you know, as, as Tara went into it. Um, but also we need to know what houses they'd be sorted into. So I wonder if they think like the entire, like uh, listening to your list, like something I think is prevalent through a lot of your list is 
um, people being put into categories. And you did that mm. on purpose, that's good. But I wonder how aliens would perceive that. Uh, um, I, I mean, it's not like we're just going to like... Depends on their society. Yeah, like d- a lot. Dump it on their books. Like, depends on them. But <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's going to be like a letter. Hey, these are why we pick these for you. We think this will give you a good overview on us. So yeah. here's like... Like here's a, here's these genre specific books, which I think is also good. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had a hard time because I was like, how do I want to make my list and mold it? And I was thinking more of like humanity as a whole and how like people thought and how like view viewpoints are th- with humanity and how it is fluid and flowing. I guess. Um, cause like, I think it would be cool to show them science fiction, like Isaac Asimov's foundation series. Like, Hey, this is what we thought the future was going to be like and how being in space is going to be like, you know, um, 1984, this is the scary part of the future that we feel like it's kind of like, um, just not, not show just like the good stuff. (laughs) Like these are like. The not so great things right. that people have thought, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I really wanted to show them how, not like teaching like STEM wise, but like just as a people, how we raise the next generation, what we're teaching them, what kind of person we want them to be. Um, so I chose Winnie the Pooh because he has really good like look outlook on life (laughs) um and it just teaches like great lessons just like Aesop's fables um it's simplistic lessons that you can take from these and anthropomorphizing am I saying that right I can never say that word right yeah anthropomorphic I guess yeah um just in like these simple ways that it's like oh these are simple stories that are easy for their children to start to understand how to be part of society, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I did want to put in like a little animal rights kind of thing in there. So I figured Black Beauty would be a good book for that. Um, Because it shows like people abusing these animals, you know, Um, and it's a real thing, like just treat them really badly, you know, but again, there's hope at the end. So Mm -hmm. not all people are like this. There are good people in the world. Um, And kind of like along your lines, Meredith, um, kind of showing the history of Native American and African American culture in America. I kind of wanted to show like also kind of like the women's rights direction. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and how like all, and all these things are recent changes. It's not like it's a change that happened two centuries ago. Like this is mm-hmm. all recent stuff and it's like we have learned so much and we're changing so much. So like um, it's a children's book, but it's so cute. It's Andrea Beattie's Rosie Revere Engineer. And it talks about this little girl who like loves to build stuff and was laughed at. So she stopped building. And then her great aunt Rosie um, like wanted to fly. So she builds this flying contraption for her aunt. And it's really sweet. And it shows like, hey. This little girl can do anything if she just keeps trying, you know? 
Um, and I know we mentioned like historical texts and things like that, but I think if they want to just like an overview of kind of what we are like um, within that aspect is good night stories for rebel girls. Um, yes. I love that book. Yeah. <laughs> because it's not long. Like each woman has a page and it just does like a summary of what, sh- what kind of life she's led and what significant thing she has done to affect progression of women's rights or society as a whole. So it's like, hey, you don't have to read this thick history book. Check this out first. Because <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be easier to ingest, you know? Um, and then I went on to like a slice of life because Tara, you know, just this is how humans are. This is how people yeah. are every day, you know? Like Catcher in the Rye, Perks of Being a Wallflower. These are how kids are like. These are how, this is how, what kids struggle with to becoming an adult. Um, and then two opposing things, animal farm, because that is just like the worst of how humanity can be. Um, <laughs> Make sure to include a note that no, our animals yeah. actually speak. <laughs> yeah, that's not a real thing. <laughs> but the message is very real. <laughs> no, the message is great. Just, you know, yep. want to cl- be clear. Yep. <laughs> we do not eat the things that talk to us. Um, and the, But then on the other hand, humanity at, globally can come together in The Martian. So, Yes. I was thinking about yeah. adding that to mine, and then I saw it on your list, and I was like, all right, one of us got it. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> yeah. It's just like, the, these are the spectrum of humanity that you will find on Earth. You know, and it, most of the stuff is, Western and American, but the messages are at least global, right? I like yeah. hearing how each of us really tackled this. Yeah, like what was our what was the mission we set ourselves out to? Right, me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. It's hard, but I think it was an interesting exercise. It was. It just I was just so thinking about it and think about it, and I'm like, I need, I can't give myself too many rules because then I can't like find a book, and I was like, okay, just. One book at a time. Because <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, humanity is just complex, you know? Yeah. Oh, we yeah. are. And there's a lot of great literature about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, totally. So um, something I thought about including and then was like, I just can't bring myself to do it, was one of the old dude midlife crisis books, mm. like <laughs> Sense of an Ending yeah. or something like that. Where I was, And I was just like, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I don't want to. I already include Atlas Shrugged. Is that not enough for you? Um, I I'd love to hear. I know. I'd love to hear um, how our listeners would attack a a question like this, or you know, if you were called up by the president and you were told to put together to curate a list of books for uh, extraterrestrial life, how would you start? And uh, what books would you include? I'd love, love to hear that. Uh, I think it'd be really fascinating to see. Because like you said, there's a ton of books out there speaking of, you know, humanity of how society is. And so it it would be very, very fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. And everyone's list would be different. Mm -hmm. I think that's like the best part, honestly, because it's like, hey, we're not the same. This is how different we are. Like, this exercise is already showing 
the complexity and like how different everybody is. But we all want the same things, you know? We do. Dare I, dare I say the greater good? <laughs> the greater good. <laughs> I just finished Deathly Hollow, so it's like really stuck in my mind still. Oh, there it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, brought it, I think I brought it up like two days ago, so it's like really still fresh in my mind, the greater good. <laughs> Speaking of Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I think that was an amazing discussion, ladies. Um, I loved hearing everybody's lists. Um, so if you want to go ahead and check out the books we mentioned or our show notes, go ahead to eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 81. And people can find us on social media on Goodreads, let's see, and Instagram at Eclectic Readers and at Twitter at Eclectic Read Pod. And where can people find you, Tara? You can find me on Goodreads and Twitter under my name, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. What about you, Meredith? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Litzy, and Goodreads, all under Mare the Book Gal, M-E-R-E-T-H-E-B-O-O-K-G-A-L. And listeners can find me on Goodreads and Litzy under Rudy Kaicho. That's R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. And make sure to subscribe in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. We are two episodes a month. Uh, Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so other listeners can find us and put in their ideas for their book to share to an extraterrestrial life. Um, (laughs) And next time, we'll be seeing you for our discussion of An Absolutely Remarkable Thing by Hank Green. Happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading. Bye, guys.